0: Welcome to the Ready to Buy Podcast. The podcast for busy young professionals like you to help get yourself and keep yourself ready to buy your dream home. Series one is for all of you looking to buy your first home. And whether that's next week, next month, or even next year, we'll walk you through the process and help you build your knowledge, your understanding, and your confidence really help ensure that you have a plan in place and that you're ready to buy when you want to be. The Ready to Buy podcast is brought to you by me, Mark Humphrey of MHC Mortgage and Protection Limited. And with over 20 years of experience in the mortgage industry, we help and support people like you buy their homes on a daily basis. We are passionate about making the process simple, easy, hassle and stress-free for all of our clients, and we'll be sharing our knowledge, experience, and loads of useful hints and tips throughout the series. We'd love you to get in touch if you'd like some help with your own situation, and you can find us at mhcmortgages.co.uk. And to make sure you never miss an episode, you can subscribe using any podcast app out there, including, of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. Welcome to today's episode, Getting Yourself as Presentable as Possible. Hi, it's Mark, and I'm really not talking about your physical appearance, of course, although, to be fair, a number of years ago, it would have involved that trip to the bank manager, probably putting your best suit, best clothes on, and really trying to impress the bank manager and impress upon Him or her that you were credit worthy and for them to grant you a mortgage, maybe take them out for lunch. Times have massively changed since those days, thankfully, I think. Of course, when we talk about getting yourself as presentable as possible, we're talking about your finances and presenting yourself in the best possible light to the lender or the lenders. I suppose to to use a bit of an example, so if I came up to you in the street, and ask you to borrow £100, you'd tell me exactly where to go, I'm sure. And I think very few of us would say yes, certainly without any further information. And I would liken lender's decision as to whether to grant you that mortgage that you want or not to having a blank piece of paper and some basic information about you. And they'll use that information, whether that be your credit file, your job history, all those sorts of things, they will base their decision on that. So logically, the better you can make yourself look on paper, the more likely you are to get that accept or that yes. So there are a number of ways that you can make yourself as attractive as possible to a lender. And it it really, there isn't one thing that I can say, do this and you'll definitely be accepted. I'd liken it to thinking back a few years where Dave Brailsford took over the running of the GB cycling team. And it was all about those marginal gains. And it was all about being a little bit better here, a little bit better there. Those 1% improvements can make, collectively, can make a really big difference. And I'd suggest that really is how you should be thinking. And just gonna talk through some of the things that you can be doing. You may already be doing some of them, but there are a number of things in there that could really help make sure that you're in the best possible shape and as attractive as you can be to the lenders. And to start off with, we're going to talk about your credit file. Now, the next episode, we'll go into a little bit more detail about credit scoring and agreements in principle. Um, But there are some real basic things that you can be doing to ensure that your credit file is as appealing to a lender as possible. Not missing any payments is a really obvious and a really simple one. But you'll be amazed the number of people's credit files that I look at where quite often it's not a case of missing a payment, it might just be a late payment. And particularly frustrating if it's something like a credit card, you can put your credit cards on a direct debit, put all of them on direct debits, even if you've got a zero balance. And that way it will set it up so it will take the minimum payment each month. And that way you'll never miss a payment, you'll never be late. Payday loans. I came across a lovely young chap about a year ago, that was desperately trying to get his first home, someone at work that he'd worked with suggested that where his credit file wasn't particularly good, that they need to show that they can borrow money and pay it back. And so their suggestion to him was to go and get a payday loan and pay it back. And he did this over the period of about six or seven months, did it every month. We've all seen the the adverts and we've all probably seen the APR, which is the interest rate, the huge interest rates payable. and essentially payday loans from a lender's perspective shows a real desperation that actually you can't manage your money, you're running out of money before payday and you're going off and borrowing money at an extortionate interest rate and it really does have a huge impact on your credit file, even just having one. So most definitely avoid payday loans like the plague. Not taking out any new credit would be something I would suggest to do, or the other way, make sure you don't take out new credit. Because again, from a lender's perspective, just before they're about to grant you a huge amount in terms of a mortgage, to go and borrow additional money and increase your debt is seen as a negative. There may be times when you have to, if, for example, your car finances come to an end and you need to replace that, certain things we can't avoid. But actually, if we can do, just having a little bit of a think can even check in with your mortgage broker, for example, will this make much difference? It might depend how tight the affordability is or how close to the line you might be in terms of your score. So just being mindful of that. Also, don't push your credit cards if you've got them or store cards, do not push them to the limits because that's another quite big factor that lenders will take into account. As a first-time buyer, you haven't got any track record of paying a mortgage. And naturally a mortgage tends to be a lot bigger than credit card payments, loan payments, et cetera. And so they're gonna base their decision on your conduct of the rest of your finances that you have. If you're maxing out on your credit card so there's no more available limit, it doesn't look good and it doesn't show that you're able to manage your money particularly if, for example, you're living at home at the moment and don't have the rent or larger commitments that you might have with a mortgage. And I'd strongly advise to try and avoid maxing out any limits when it comes to your credit cards or store cards, because ultimately lenders see that by pushing those limits, by maxing out on those things, that you're actually spending beyond your means. And that's before they've granted you this mortgage, which you're going to be paying. The most sensible thing, easier said than done. But if you've got spare money, if you're cutting back on other things, then start paying some debts off. Start reducing things. Again, that will all show on your credit file and that will all give you these extra few points in the process that could make a real difference. Similar story when it comes to overdrafts as well. And I've, I've met so many people that almost see overdraft as their own money, but it isn't, is it? Overdrafts are borrowed money, and it's there as a bit of a safety net that if you spend all of your money throughout the month, then you've got funds, so you're not going to go without before you then get paid again. Now, lenders will look at that, and if the day before payday each month that you're maxing out your overdraft, the suggestion there is that you're overspending and if we take that a little bit further what if you're living at home for example and haven't actually got that rent commitment they're looking at your bank statements to say actually if we start taking a mortgage payment out let's say seven eight nine hundred pounds a month out of your monthly income are you demonstrating that that is there that it's affordable if you're pushing your overdraft each month without even paying rent at the moment you're not really demonstrating that you've got funds available to do it and The lenders tend to want to see a bit of willing on your part. Also, now is most definitely not the time for moral high ground. Unfortunately, over the years, I've seen this quite a lot where there might be a a dispute. Whoever's fault it is doesn't really matter. For example, you've got to the end of a contract with a mobile phone, with a cable box, something like that, and you dispute the fact that you owe them a few quid at the end or they want their box back and they try and charge you money for it. My advice would be just pay it. For the sake of a few pounds, maybe a hundred, couple of hundred, if you let that slip and you all of a sudden you find that they're registering a default against your name or even a county court judgment, that could have a huge impact on your ability to go and get the mortgage that you want that can mean the difference between your house now or when you want it and having to wait a few years down the line. It really is that serious. And so for the sake of a relatively small monetary amount, as much as it may be great just to pay and get this settled, I would suggest do it because it won't be that company that you're hurting. It will be yourself. And anything like that will remain on your credit file for up to six years. And so, as you can see, that could have a huge impact on you for years to come. So when it comes to addresses as well, I often see it, and particularly where we, we sort of live in a day and age where we have online banking now. And so when you move house, because you don't get paper statements coming, it's less of a concern to update your address on there. Maybe your driving license, maybe bills, phone bills and things like that. Try and get everything up to date and sorted because a lot of these things appear on your credit file and it just gets a bit messy And having all of your addresses at the right address, it could mean the difference. It could mean those extra couple of points on your credit file. Just as importantly, make sure you're on the voter's roll or the electoral roll, another name for it. And whether you're bothered about voting or not, get yourself on the voter's roll at the address that you're registered at. Because that, for some lenders, particularly to first-time buyers, that can be a deal-breaker. And I've seen it, unfortunately, I've seen it a number of times. Get yourself on the voters roll If you've moved home, for example, if you've been in different rented properties or you've just moved back with family, make sure you get in touch with your local council and get on that voters roll. You can Google it and it sometimes does take a few weeks, even a month or two to get updated. So the sooner you do that, the better. It's a really simple thing, doesn't cost you anything, but it could have quite a big difference. And spending, we sort of touched on it earlier with your overdraft, but if you're serious about buying your first home, then I would say, cut back on those luxuries. So we we all spend money on things like takeaways, maybe new clothes that we don't need, gadgets and things like that. By all means, put that to the back of your mind and think we're going to do that later. But you'd be surprised how much by cutting back a little bit, it can mean that you can save that little bit more. It can mean that your bank statements are that much tidier. Many lenders will scrutinize your bank statements. And I look at people's bank statements on a daily basis. I can tell you, your bank statement will tell the lender a hell of a lot more about you and your spending habits than pay slips or accounts or anything else that they ask for. And in this day and age of open banking as well, you'd be surprised the amount of information and data that lenders can see behind the scenes as well. So get everything in order. Just really do your best to show that you're responsible, that you're serious about saving and essentially evidence that with your income at the moment that you could afford that monthly mortgage payment in the future once you get it. Another thing that is really important, and I can't stress this enough, I've, I've seen a number of clients, one very recently that were spending hundreds of pounds a month on gambling, which was showing up on their bank statements. And going back to our question earlier, if I came up to you in the street and asked to, to borrow money and you were good enough to say, okay, well, show me why I should, show me some proof that you're good for the money. If I show you a bank statement where I'm spending five or £600 a month on gambling transactions, albeit small transactions, so £10, £20 here and there, it doesn't paint you in the best possible light. It also suggests possibly that you may have a bit of a problem, which when making a decision as to lend you hundreds of thousands of pounds, would put in the other side of the coin, would you lend yourself money, particularly if you're going into overdraft and spending more than you're earning each month, So my suggestion, the odd transaction to a betting site, not really a problem as long as you're not overspending or going beyond your monthly income, but please cut back and really think carefully about doing that because once you've done it, it's on your your bank statements. Personally, I find, and I see it a lot, that having separate accounts could be quite good in terms of getting yourself organized. And so having an account that you separate just for your bills. So whether it's just you or whether it's yourself and a partner, having money that goes in another account, a certain amount each month that you know the bills will be taken care of, which is your spending money. And you know that you can spend that or save it, do whatever you like with it, but you're not then having to worry about spending too much so there's not enough money in the bill account. It sounds really simple, and we've all got different ways that we'll manage money, And there really is no right or wrong, but I would say from my experience, it does make it simpler. I know some people that will just use one account for absolutely everything. Up to you, but as I say, keeping track of of what your spending is can be really important and really make a difference. Definitely not a silly question. Each episode, we like to answer a question that I might have been asked by a client this week because something that we don't know, no matter how big or small, particularly when it comes to money, mortgages and finance, will cause unnecessary stress. So I say to all of my clients, there really genuinely are no silly questions. And so the question this week I've been asked, can having no credit commitments mean that I don't get accepted? It's a really good question, this, and as a first time buyer, as we said before, you won't have any conduct of a mortgage to demonstrate that you are a good payer of something as big as a mortgage. And so lenders look to your credit file, which we'll, again, we'll touch on more in the next episode, but they'll look at your credit file to get clues as to how good you are managing your finances. So are you paying on time? Have you got credit commitments? If you haven't got any, if you haven't got a credit card and you're only very minimal things appearing on your credit file, such as maybe your bank statement, then there's very little information for lenders to go off. And sometimes it can just be a case of you're not earning enough points by showing that you can maintain credit. So it is a fine balance between having some credit and not maxing out on your credit. And so having a credit card and maybe. Paying for your shopping or paying for things each month and clearing it every month is a good thing because it shows that you can manage your money without actually being indebted to anybody or having any fixed credit commitments. So if you have a question you'd like to ask, anything at all, please get in touch through my LinkedIn page, I'm Mark Humphrey, or via the MHC Mortgages page on Facebook. Not only will I come back to you nice and quickly with an answer, but I promise to try and share your question in future episodes because you can be sure if you're thinking that question, there'll be plenty of other people thinking exactly the same questions. Now, there are a couple of things that I need to tell you as we're talking money and mortgages. It's important to seek advice for your own individual circumstances, okay? And whilst it might seem really obvious, a mortgage is a loan secured on your home and your home may be repossessed if you don't keep up your mortgage payments. So in other words, if you have a mortgage or when you get a mortgage, pay it on time, you'll be fine. So on the subject of being as presentable as possible, Remember your mortgage broker, if you're using one, is also working for you and they're trying to present you in the best possible light. So it's really important for you to play your part and that will include being as open and as transparent and upfront as you possibly can. So don't hold anything back in the hope that it won't matter or, for example, I sometimes find clients that leave it to the very end to mention the fact that they may have been bankrupt a few years ago or had a county court judgment or missed payments, had a debt management plan, those types of things, or had one or two that just haven't mentioned it at all, it will come up. And you can waste a lot of time by having your broker do research for you based on the situation that isn't actually your situation, if that makes sense. And so really important that you play your part Another way that you can play your part to make sure that things are as quick and smooth as possible and get your application rubber stamped is to be document ready. Have all your documents. It may not seem the most exciting thing to do, but actually having everything ready to go. So it's not a case of delays, you causing delays because you can't get certain things. So to run through some of the most common things that we'll need, you'll always need to provide some identification. So that tends to be in the form of a passport or a driving license. Make sure it's up to date. So driving license particularly, we don't always notice when it's expired. It can't be used if it's out of date. Make sure your address is up to date as well. Now, I look after lots and lots of lovely young people and some a bit older that have got married, and it's not always the first thing to go and change your name on your passport, your driving license, your bank statements and everything. It's not a complete disaster if you haven't. If you haven't changed your name, have your marriage certificate ready and waiting. Get it scanned, have it ready. Same with your ID, your driving license, your passport. Have a a good quality scan. No fingers and thumbs in the scan. It needs to be a clear scan and it needs to be well proportioned. I see a number of Poor quality photos of ID, and it just generally is not acceptable either for our mortgage network purposes or for the lenders themselves. So a good quality scan from above, everything all in proportions, no fingers and thumbs, please. When it comes to your pay slips, more and more of us are getting online pay slips. So it's not something a lot of people even open. But if you know you're coming up to mortgage time, just save them in a folder in your documents, on your laptop, on your computer. Have them ready. Have everything ready. Make sure there's no missing pay slips. Some people are paid weekly. That's absolutely fine. You're going to need to go back at least three months with your pay slips. So if you're monthly paid, have your last three available. If you're weekly paid, you're going to need your last 13. Get them scanned. It saves a lot of time for you, for your broker, and for everybody in the process. If you've got additional income, bonus, overtime, commission, London waiting, car allowance, all those types of things, then have your latest P60 ready as well. If you're self-employed, then rather than pay slips, you're going to need both your last two years accounts and you're going to need your tax returns that you or your accountant have submitted over to the HMRC. You'll need your tax summary and you'll need a separate document which is your tax year overview and you need your last two years of those sometimes three so have them all ready get them saved we already touched on bank statements earlier and this is probably one of my biggest frustrations as a mortgage broker actually in that we need to see your last three months bank statements for all of your accounts that have got income going in and have got credit commitments and things coming out of. So any bill accounts, accounts that your, your salary goes into. Now we live in a day and age where online banking is the norm, either through apps on your phone, through your laptop, your computer. So my advice would be to make sure you've got your login details, know how to get your bank statements. You'll need to get a PDF document So you'll need to get a PDF file of your last three months bank statements for all accounts. You might find if you only use your app on your phone, depending on the bank, you may not be able to get a PDF bank statement from there. Screenshots from your mobile phone generally aren't good enough and you could end up with lots. So work out how to obtain your bank statements from your bank and we'll be fine. If you're not sure, then you can check with your bank. If you Google it, there's so many things online now where there'll be instructions as to how to access your bank statements. So don't leave that to the last minute. And I often see all sorts of weird and wonderful ways of getting bank statements to me. I've had bank statements from people's laptop screens that they've taken a photo from, scrolled down, taken another photo, and we end up with about 20 different photos of your bank statements we cannot have it in that format. A PDF document is something you can download in seconds from your online banking and something you can email or upload. For example, with us at MHC Mortgages, we use a client portal. So you can drag and drop or you can upload the file into your portal. Literally takes seconds for each bank statement. Again, your, your broker will help you with this if you're not particularly technologically minded, but that can save so much time and so much sort of aggravation. And trust me, as a broker, I don't want to ever have to come back to clients to say, you know what you sent me, it's not quite right, we need this. We want everything to be right first time. If you've got it, it's going to be win-win all round. And with other documents as well, just make sure you've got things available. If you've just been offered a new job, if you've been offered a pay rise, keep that letter, keep that contract, save it as a PDF. And when your broker asks for it, or if they ask for it, you've got it there. You can ping it across on an email, you can upload it to a portal and it takes seconds rather than to route round and find it. So please be as organized with your documents as possible. It will save you a real headache and it will just mean that things can go a lot smoother and you are not got your broker or somebody coming back to you regularly to say, we need this, we need that, we need the other. So hopefully today, in summary, there are so many small ways that you can make that little bit of difference And those marginal gains can add up to quite a big difference in terms of the chances of you being accepted and also the process being as smooth as possible. So you generally can make a real difference as to how you present yourself and getting yourself presented in the best possible light. Thanks so much for listening today. I really hope that you've enjoyed the episode and found it helpful we'd love you to join us next time when we'll be talking about credit scoring and obtaining an agreement in principle. In the meantime, you can help us reach and help many, many more people like yourself by leaving a five-star review on whichever platform you get your podcast and by sharing the podcast on your social media channels. So until next time, take care.